Well, thank you, Chantel, for that welcome and hello again. Uh, as Chantel said, we uh, continue in our series, his story, looking at his plans and purposes that he has for us as uh, he has spoken them in his word and just a, a season to remind ourselves that as we look around us, we do not need to fear because we are part of his story, that he does have plans and purposes. And when we fully understand how his plans and purposes are worked out, that gives us confidence, that gives us peace as we recognize that he is sovereign, that he is in control. And as we see Bible prophecy being fulfilled, it causes us to worship God. And I hope and pray that uh, during this time as we spent looking at this subject, that your eyes have been fixed on him and that it indeed has caused you to worship him. Well, we continue uh, on our series, and last week we looked at the tribulation uh, period. Well, this week, as uh, Richard and I were discussing earlier in the service, we look at the second coming of Jesus, such a wonderful, glorious event. And um, part of what I've been trying to do in this series is just explain about Jesus' second coming, because we know Jesus is coming again, we just don't exactly know what's going to happen. But you see, his word tells us very clearly. And so a few weeks ago, we looked at that first biblical event, the rapture of the church, uh, where we are taken up to meet him in the, in the air court. And then it is the seven-year tribulation period that we looked at um, <clears throat> last week. And then we get to the third point, which is when Jesus comes with his church again. You see, the rapture is when Jesus comes for the church and then when we come with him, we come with him on his second coming. And that's what I want to look at this morning. And I want to look at just two, two uh, events that occur in his second coming. We need to understand that um, during the tribulation period, which as I said uh, last week, is a time of unrestrained evil. But we mustn't forget that God allows it in order that evil's true colours may be shown. Uh, the devil always overplays his hand and uh, evil is shown for what he is. And it is in that midst that God continues to call people to repentance. And as we looked at last week, there is a great revival that occurs during that time. Now, while that's happening here, those, the church, those that are raptured up before the tribulation event are part of a massive party in heaven. Did you know that? It is called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And... Um, we can read about it in Revelation 19, 6 to 8. By the way, let me just say, um, uh, for those of you on catch-up, it's great that you are watching this throughout the week or later on Sunday, but for those of us uh, who also watch it on a Sunday morning, there is chat that occurs. It's occurring, no doubt, right now. And Sally Davison last week you know, reminded us that when we speak Revelation, we do speak a blessing. You might think, well, where'd you get that from, Mark? Well, Revelation 1.3, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written, because the time is near. You know, you are blessed as you hear the word. 
and I am blessed as I read it. So why don't we just read a bit of Revelation? Let's li read about this amazing event called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. It's in Revelation 19, 6 to 8. It says this, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder. Who are all of those? They are us. That is the bride. And what are we shouting? Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Wow, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for that party. I can't wait for that celebration as we worship Jesus. As we say together, Hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns. It is going to be the best party you've ever been to. Now, I'm sure you've been to some good parties. Maybe you are the hostess with the mostess yourself. Uh, I'm sure you throw a very good party. I hope you don't mind me saying that it is not going to be like this party. It's going to be the best party you've ever been to. And then after the party, after this time, we come down with Christ. The world ablaze with his glory. The whole world seeing the glory of God and understanding that Jesus is Lord. Let me read that to you. Revelation 19, 11 to 16. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. Who is the rider? It is Jesus. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the full fury and the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Do I get an amen in the house? <laughs> King of kings and Lord of Lord. That is the Jesus that we worship. And that is the amazing second coming of Christ. Let us compare it with his first advent. In his first coming, Jesus came in obscurity, didn't he? He came as a babe in a manger to a world which was his own and yet did not know him. The closing of the indoors saying we have no space a prophetic symbol of so many that would reject Jesus but in his second coming he comes for all to see the world as I said ablaze with his glory for every eye to behold and see the glory of God no obscurity but for every eye to see. Not a humble manger, but riding on a white horse. Not the lamb, but the lion of Judah who comes to reign. In his first coming, 
Three wise men and shepherds, what did they do? They came and bowed their knee. They got it (laughs) in humble adoration. But in his second coming, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's Romans 14.11. In his first coming, he came to serve, didn't he? And to pay the ransom for many, to, to take our place and to take the judgment of God upon himself. That is the good news, isn't it? That is the gospel. That Jesus took our place in order that we can take our place with the Father in heaven for all eternity. The good news, the good news is that Jesus died in our place. That it is by, by the shedding of his blood. And we read that, didn't we, in Revelation 19. What did it say? He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. For he shed his blood for us. And, and on today, of all days, Communion Sunday, we remember that sacrifice. That is the gospel. You see, our good works won't get us to heaven. The fact that we follow tradition won't get us to heaven. The fact that our parents or grandparents were Christians will not get us to heaven. What gets us to heaven is saying, yes, I'm in need of a saviour. And thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. And so in his first coming, he came to serve and to, as I said, pay the ransom for many. But in his second coming, he will come to rule and get rid of sin once and for all. Hebrews 9.28 says this, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Wow, how we wait for him, how we wait for you, Lord. In his first coming, Jesus was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and he wore a crown of thorns, didn't he? Mocking the king of all creation by crowning him with thorns that caused him to bleed, ridiculing the great I am. But in his second coming, what did we read? Jesus will be crowned with many crowns. Crowns of righteousness, no doubt, and of splendor, the world seeing the very glory of God, recognizing that he is indeed the King of kings and Lord of lords. In his first coming, Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom here on earth, didn't he? And he called us in this time that we find ourselves in to extend his kingdom until he comes again. And in his second coming, he comes to consummate his kingdom. And then he calls us to reign and rule with him. You see, all those things that I read to you, all those in his first coming, were prophesied in the Bible, and they were fulfilled. And now the Bible, as we read it, is prophesying about the second coming of Jesus. And just like the first, he will fulfill the second. 
And friends, I don't know about you, but that just gets me excited. It gets me wanting to worship Jesus. Because as I said to you at the start of this series, prophecy always reveals Jesus. You know, this series is his story, and the subtitle is Our Living Hope. You see, this message is a message of hope. That we can put our hope in Jesus, and not just us for who have already, already said that we believe, but for many that have yet to say yes to Jesus. The story that the world needs to hear at the moment is that God is sovereign and that God has a plan and that Jesus is our hope. He is causing the world to look up and say, God, where are you? In this time, he is causing people to say, is there a God? Because this world cannot save me. This is a time where God, allowing all that is happening, is getting people's attention to say, I am your living hope. Wow. And then what happens with the second coming of Christ? Well, the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire forever, but as we read in Revelation 20, 1 to 5, the dragon is locked up in the abyss for a thousand years, and then... He'll be let out after that for a little while. And then after that, he will be finally banished. And at that point, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to look at that next week. And so we're going to reign with Christ for, for a thousand years. And then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. It's so exciting. But I want to tell you something else which is exciting. We can be in Jesus' presence now. Yes, we long for his appearing in bodily form and all that he has for us. Yes, I want to be part of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hands up if you do. Yes, I want to rule and reign with Christ. Yes, I want to see his kingdom fully consummated. But the truth is, is that we can be in his presence now. You know, I was struck this week as I've been reading through the book of Mark, and I got to Mark chapter 6. And what happened in Mark chapter 6? Well, um, we read a most famous event where Jesus walks on the water. Now, preceding that, he had sent out the twelve to, on a ministry trip, an excursion. They come back, they're tired and weary, and Jesus says, well, let's go, let's go to a quiet place. But as soon as they go to do that, a multitude come, and, and Jesus preaches the word, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. And the disciples say, hey, it's getting late, everyone's going to be hungry. And Jesus says, well, you go, go feed them. And they're like, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And Jesus says, well, what have you got? Well, we've got some bread and some fishes. And you know the story. Jesus multiplies that. And it feeds everyone and there's leftovers. Now after that, immediately, the scriptures say immediately after that, Jesus sends the disciples ahead of him and say, go, go into the boat and go on the other side. I'm going to go up to the mountain and pray. And so the disciples get in the boat. And we read in the story that Jesus from the mountain can see them in the middle of the night 
in the water, straining with their oars because the wind is against them. The waves are buffeting them. And there they are, straining. Then eventually we read that at dawn, Jesus comes down from the mountain and he walks towards them on the water. And you can imagine them, it's in the middle of the night, they're tired, it's been tough, they're terrified. All of a sudden they see someone walking to them, the scriptures say they think it's a ghost, and they go, ah, I think I might do the same, hey? (laughs) And then Jesus says these such precious words, take courage, it is is I. Do not be afraid. And then do you know what he does? Jesus gets into the boat with them and the winds die down. Wow, what a coming of Jesus into their boat. And as I read that, I had tears streaming down my face as I said, Lord, would you come into my boat? You see, that is the invitation. We are in a season, not because we've done anything wrong. Jesus sent the disciples on ahead of him, but yet they still experience the wind and the storms of life, if you want to look at it that way. And we are in a season where we and many others are experiencing the winds and the storms upon our boat. And we are straining with the oars. But it's in that moment that Jesus can come for you now. That he can bring his peace. That he can bring his provision, his protection. And as I read that, I said, Jesus, would you come now into my boat? And I believe that is what Jesus is inviting each one of us to do this morning, or whenever you're watching or listening to this during the week. Jesus, would you come? What I'd like us to do now, it's just a short talk this morning, is we're going to have time to invite Jesus into our boat. You know, last week we were very blessed to have our guest worship leaders, uh, Nikki and Charlie Thornton from KXC, and... As Richard said last week, we're so blessed with so many of our wonderful worship leaders. And thank you again to Paige this morning and the team. What I want to do is I'm going to pray and invite you, just to invite Jesus into your boat. And we're going to sing some songs about Jesus. Because Jesus can come wherever you are now, into your situation, into your difficulties, into your challenges, into your hardships. Let's prepare our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we're so excited to see you come again in glory. We're so excited for all that you're doing. But Lord, we know that when you came, you said your kingdom, kingdom is nigh. It's breaking in. And by your precious spirit, You can presence yourself with us, and we're so thankful. And so, Lord, I pray, my prayer is, Lord, would you come into my boat? Why don't you pray that now? Would you come into my boat? Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait on the Lord.
I just feel in my spirit that some of you are weeping and crying and, and there's healing in that. God sees the pain of the struggle and the strains. For others, there's such a serenity, there's such a peace. For others, you can't quite see yet. The dark of the night is still around you, but God will come. Jesus will come. Come, Holy Spirit.
You don't just need to do that on a Sunday morning. You can do that any part of the day. Jesus, would you come into my boat? Well, that's, that's it. So good spending time with you all this morning. So good spending time with you. And can I just end with this? If you've been watching or listening to me and you have yet to say, come into my boat for the first time, that you've never trusted Jesus as your saviour, and today is a day of salvation. Every week I want to make the gospel as plain as I can that Jesus has saved you for eternity with him. And it's not dependent on how good you are. And boy, isn't that freeing. It's about how good he is and his perfect work on the cross. And so how, how do I say yes to Jesus, Mark? Well, you admit that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners saved by grace. And you say, Jesus, would you come into my boat? Would you be my Lord and Saviour? And you could pray that now. Bless you. Our team would love to pray with you if that's you. Well, let me, um, let me end. Next week we end the series on the final event that we look at, which is the new heavens and new earth. And we're going to learn so much. And it's going to be such a, a sweet time together. So uh, we're going to end the service now. Um, my left, your right in the chat, for those who are in the building will know it's normally my right, your left. <laughs> There's words of knowledge. The team, teams meet before every Sunday service and seek God for what um, may be uh, ailments that you might have. If any of these resonate with you, the team would love to pray with you. We do have people being healed. People, we pray for each other every week. And so I'd encourage you to do that. Let me just pray a blessing now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Would he be gracious towards you? And would you know his perfect peace in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Have a great day and have a blessed week and see you next week.